Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, and welcome back to Victory Drive. Jacob Johnson here, and I'm sitting across from... Ashley Johnson. Ashley, my wife. How are you doing, honey? Great, taking a break from mowing. Yep. Sipping on a PBR. Looking yeah. at your handsome mug. Shanks. Uh, but yeah, we, so last week we talked about it a little bit, or I talked about it um, by myself, but we have a sponsor. We have one. Grizzly Coolers. Welcome. Welcome to Grizzly Coolers, the Victory Drive. Um, listen, they we just got a little care package from It's some really cool shit. I've, and I've had Grizzly Coolers for a while because... Um, my last job, Vest, my job when I was working for Vestas at the wind turbines, they oh, yeah, gave me that him. Grizzly mm-hmm. Drifter, and that thing is fucking badass. It is. So I've been using Grizzly for a little while, but now that we're partnered up, they sent us a few little goodies, and what do you got there? I got a nice, I don't know what the their name is for it, but it's the can koozie, but it's the metal yeah. one. It's real nice. It's got the little finger grooves in it. Yeah, that's nice. I like it too because I always dent my cans. I don't know if I just hold things angrily, but I always end up denting the cans and this has the finger grooves (laughs) in it. It's real nice. Yeah, it is nice. Grizzly's nice too because it's not that far from us. We've known about it for how long. Oh, yeah. Grizzly's honestly pretty pretty popular in our area Mm -hmm. just because they're an hour away. Yeah, they're an hour away. Yeah. They make badass coolers. I mean, they're, in my opinion... The king of hard side coolers. Yeah. Their definitely. coolers are fucking sweet. And you know, there's some other hard side hard hard sided coolers out there. My God. Um, but I'm telling you, like Grizzly for the price, especially, like they're cheaper than some of the other competitors. Like when I say competitors, I mean coolers that can actually compete with Grizzly. Like right. the one that you find in Walmart that are hard sided. Like that, they have the they're quote unquote made in China grizzly proof. Yeah, made in China bullshit. Shitty plastic. This is made right here in Iowa. Right here in um, Iowa. American made coolers in Iowa, arguably the best state in the union. So that's awesome. 
Is is there like their whole production? Is that in Decora? Their whole production. Everything's in there. Yeah. We should go like drive by it. I don't know if they make every single piece of Grizzly but they product them. there. No, I mean no. The the coolers, the hard side coolers, are 100 percent made there. Hmm. Everything made right in Decorah, Iowa. Nice. 100 percent. They are owned by I think they said IRP, which is Iowa Roto Plastics. Let me hmm. look that up real quick, just to make sure. I, I you go to Decora way more than I don't even know if I've been to like go to decora i think i've only been through it which i need to because i know it's beautiful and people go there all the time yeah. you go there there's, for the public yeah there's a really nice uh brewery there too what Ooh. is that one one that makes pseudo sue oh Toplin goliath oh they're right there i do love too. me some pseudo sue it's always my beer back with bloody mary's yeah it's awesome like it's a really honestly decora has a lot of cool shit in it they have mm-hmm. uh and well what's it called anthem archery is there? I used to go there to get like oh yeah, my boat worked on and shit. I um, going there. But then I started going to Rochester, Coyote Creek in Rochester because Coyote. I don't know. Yeah, Rochester's <laughs> just a little bit bigger, and uh, yeah. But uh, so Grizzlies owned by Iowa Rotocat, Ro- Iowa Rotocast Plastics. Hmm. So I mean, and they they make all sorts of other shit too. IRP Iowa Rotocat Rotocast Plastics. They make like the you know all the shit that you see in like stadiums at concession stands. Those big plastic tubs that are full of ice mm-hmm. all the time. You grab a beer out of there and pay for it at the concession. They make all that stuff. Oh, a lot of that stuff. Got it. So they make all sorts of shit. They've been in the game for a long time. I think. I mean, the parent company IRP has been around since like the eighties mm-hmm. or something. So they've been doing this cooler game for a while, and they came out with Grizzly coolers and. It is awesome shit. Like it's all cast right there in Decorah, Iowa. Mm-hmm. So you can't get much more local than that for us, at least. I'm excited to use them. Tis the yeah. season too. Start packing up a cooler. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for sure. I mean, I don't know 100 percent if the competitors are made in China or Taiwan or the Philippines or wherever else. But I it ain't here. I'm pretty sure Grizzly might be the only 100 percent made in America hard side. It's the only one we know about. Yeah. So. It's got a badass name. I mean, they're grizzly proof. Mm-hmm. That's the whole thing. Is that why they're called that? Pfft, it should be. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Just made that up. Well, yeah, but uh, I think that's the whole what got them all popular. Like Yeti is an, another competitor. They're grizzly proof. Like all these ones that have like the rubber latches and shit. They're grizzly proof. Like grizzlies can't that. open them and they can't tear them hmm. up. Like they're fucking and they don't let um, scent out. So oh yeah. It's fucking good shit, especially if you're out in the back country or something, or you're out there in grizzly country. You don't want those grizzly bears knowing that you're there. No. So what are you going to put your stuff in? Grizzly cooler. Grizzly proof. Makes more sense. <laughs> Makes more sense. So, And we that's why we love them. They're great, great stuff, and we're going to talk more about it in depth later on as it goes on and as this partnership grows and blossoms into a a beautiful flower. In the meantime, I'm going to enjoy my PBR and my sick grizzly yeah. cooler can cooler. Thing. Yep. And we're drinking PBR now because... I was too lazy to walk downstairs and get my beer. <laughs> we're not gay. <laughs> oh, I never drink Bud Light. I know. I've always hated Bud Light. I've never liked it, even college, even high school. Yeah. I always, Fucking... I always thought it had this weird sweet taste and it's because they're gay. 
know? <laughs> it makes it. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it is it was always a sweeter light beer. I didn't like it. Yeah. It I've always weird. had a I've always had a palate for the skunky stuff. Yeah. Like a good skunky beer. Like our friends at PBR. Where's PBR made? I don't know them. I think Milwaukee. Yep, established in Milwaukee. 1880, 1844. Look at that. Olden fuck. Oh, yeah. Grizzly Coolers, great stuff. You guys can save some money. Code WCB. We kept it the same because we're all in the same family here. And we don't want to confuse you guys. We know. I know my listener base. I start throwing other codes at you guys. You're going to get lost in the sauce a little bit. So keep it WCB. Keep it simple. 15% off of anything on Grizzly. And... Also, another fun fact. What's that? Huntworth. Huntworth. Another. another I was so excited for that too. Ever since Africa, because we found out when we were going to Africa, Huntworth was going to send us some stuff. Yep. That's awesome because I need some stuff. Everyone, I don't like the cold, so I don't go out with you. I had like one Iowa coat for hunting, and that's not the weather. I mean, we were wearing shorts in the afternoon over in Africa, so Huntworth sent stuff. I loved it. That coat is a winter coat. <clears throat> it wouldn't have been good in that. No, not at all. No. So, yeah, Huntworth, they're on board. I mean, you're going to hear us talk about Huntworth every once in a while as well. You guys all know about them from WCB. They've been longtime partners of WCB, and now they're coming over here and helping us out at Victory Drive as well. Um, we got I got another goodie bag from Huntworth, and I'm very excited to try some of that on. It's just... It's a little too warm now for a lot of it. I bet you're most excited for your muff. I'm very excited for the muff. <laughs> I, when I called you and I'm like telling you what's in this package, I'm like, well, this looks like a like a seat cushion or something, but I didn't take it out of the plastic. And then you come out in the kitchen and you're like, it's not a seat cushion. It's a muff. Yeah. <laughs> Had your hands in it. I did not know be, that existed. Muff's going to be badass. Yeah. It's like a quarterback muff. You ever see? You don't watch football. No. But you see quarterbacks. A lot of times they'll have like a little muff. In their keep front, their like almost warm. like a fanny pack. Yeah, that's what it looks you know? like. But then they'll put their hands in there, keeping their hands warm. Mm. Cause you're throwing the ball down the field. You don't want to yeah. wear gloves. When no, you're a fucking you can't have numb fingers. You can't have numb fingers, and you can't use those fingers to bang the freaking microphone. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, so the muff is gonna be badass. It's uh, it has a little heater coils in it, so you put your power pack on there. It fucking oh, heats up. I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought it was just. No, not only is it insulated, but also has heaters in it, little heater coils in it. Fancy. Yeah, it's going to be nice. If I had a full fit, like with the muff and the heated jacket and all that, I think I could survive Iowa winter whitetail hunting. Yeah. I'm pretty bougie about it because I don't like being Mm -hmm. cold. You don't. That's why, oh, Africa hunting, that was so perfect. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing, too, with Africa, Uh, you know. We knew we were going to record it. We went with WCB and all the boys there. And it was a great time. That was obviously before Victory Drive and stuff. But we knew it was coming. We knew Victory Drive was is in the works. Um, so when we went there and we got a little taste of Huntworth clothing, it was real nice. Like mm-hmm. the, their Durham pants. Durham. Yes. Durham. 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 Probably Durham. I'm going to say Durham. They're Durham pants. They're durable. Are yeah, they are durable, but they're badass. Like mm-hmm. they're super lightweight, so it's perfect for Africa. And they have the um, reinforced knees and butt. Mm-hmm. So when you're kneeling down for a long Ripping. time, stalking on some, on some critter you want to shoot, your knee doesn't get all wet or hurt. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's not a knee pad. 
Not padded. Just not getting wet, though. But just not getting wet. That's or at so least, nice. Well, and it's not waterproof, but it's water resistant because I don't know what the material is, if it's cord- it's Cordura or what, but it's reinforced because you are on your knees and your ass a lot when you're hunting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I mean, I I killed my turkey last year in those Durham pants as well, I think. Durham. Good so, stuff. Yeah. Really good shit. Really excited to have them on board. They're, uh, you know... And that's another thing, too. I've been using their gloves for, mm-hmm. like, fucking 20 years. I think they were established in 2001. Where are they at? Where are they out of? <sighs> Not Iowa. Hmm. But close enough, I think. Nice. But, yeah. Fam- I think they're still family-owned. Mm-hmm. And they're awesome. Like, great, great company. Very excited to have them on board, too. It's just been... You know, this, and I got to thank you guys listening. This has been a, uh, a pretty wild ride in the past 20 episodes and where we've come in just the short time that we've been around. But, uh, you know, I have you guys to think about, thank for that. All you listeners and everyone supporting me and getting out there and, you know, hitting me up on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or what, and just sending your, all your nice messages. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You guys, you know, I, I, I couldn't do without you. Nope. I told myself I wasn't going to cry today. (laughs) It's been so exciting. So awesome. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, I really, I really appreciate everyone being on here. And today um, is going to be another, in my opinion, good one. I'm going to say that for every episode (laughs) because I think every episode is good. But we have Brian from Pike County Trophy Doe Hunting Association. That's a mouthful. From Illinois. Yeah. They started as like a gag, like as a group of guys, because Pike County, Illinois, is like was known back in like the nineties and two thousands, where big deer, really mm. really big bucks, and then a bunch of people started hunting there. Because Illinois does over the counter tags, bucks. and a lot of people got in there, and like the hunting just isn't what it used to be, I guess, from what they say. And him and his buddies are like, hey, you know what? No one really cares too much about doe hunting, so we're gonna start this group, and it's. Pike County Trophy Doe Hunting Association. Mm. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Pike County Trophy Doe Hunting Association. Did I say that? Trophy Doe I think so. Yeah. PC. PCT DHA. Woof. Yeah. And he's he's a great guy. Um, He's in Illinois and he's, we're going to talk a little politics. All right. So Mm. if you're not into that, then I guess. I guess that's it. And I, you don't got to talk about it. Well, I think in the intro, yeah, we're about 13 minutes in now. So you've already triggered the algorithm. So I appreciate it anyways, (laughs) but we're going to talk a little politics. We're going to talk Illinois gun laws, how stupid they are and what is going on. Cause he's in the, in the middle of all of it, living in Illinois and he's a staunch two a supporter. Great guy. So very excited to have him on. And we are, I have talking to him. A lot of shit has happened since this episode because we recorded this episode psh, a while ago. And I, I apologize, Brian, but yeah, we recorded this quite a while ago. We just had a lot of shit happen and we had a lot of episodes already on backlog that we had to get through, but we're here now and it's a timeless episode. I mean, talking gun laws, it's an issue that's never going to go away. So we talked about Illinois gun laws. He breaks a lot of it down for us and since so much has changed since the, we recorded this episode, we've been talking. We're going to do a second episode sometime soon. So you're probably going to hear from Brian part two and update everyone on the Illinois gun situation. Hmm. 
So with that said, without further ado, no more waiting. Let's get in the episode. Thanks, guys. Johnson, you are the the El Presidente of Pike County Trophy Doe Association, um, and a cop in Illinois. And we got together. We started messaging back and forth on Instagram when all this uh, Illinois gun law shit kind of popped off. But uh, so we definitely been talking back and forth for a little while about all that stuff. And so that's what we're really going to talk about a lot today. A lot of um, I guess politics, gun politics in Illinois, and how how it's been affecting the guys over there. Because we, my brother and I, did a episode a little while ago about it, but we're we're two Iowa guys, and we only know what we read on the internet. So, Brian, it's great to have you. Really happy to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, this is a so. I guess let's talk about a little bit about your background and like where you came from and how you got into being a cop and all Real that quick. good stuff. Real, real quick, I gotta oh, throw something out. Yeah, I need to say that my opinions and what I say are my own, and that they are not affiliated with any department, entity, or any other individual. Right. So, very just, good disclaimer. Yeah, we gotta put that out there. I mean, we don't want anyone writing to your chief or whatever, and we we probably won't don't really need to get into details get into as much detail no, as you I'm, want but we don't have to go into departments and all that shit if you don't want to right and I, I didn't plan on it but yeah. i understand so yeah go ahead but yeah i guess just kind of go uh if you want to give us a little background on yourself man kind of how you got started if you want to touch on the pctdha that you guys started to like uh because yeah. you, you guys you guys were on uh the word class bowhunter podcast which i'm obviously affiliated with and um right. i've been listening back to your guys because i listened to that episode when it came out but i wanted to refresh her so i listened back on it and I'm like man god those good times <laughs> that well that episode i i blame uh steve and and kurt and the and the boys because i that was a long that episode went forever and we drank way too much and by the end of the by two-thirds of the way through that episode i wasn't making any sense <laughs> so glad that i'm glad that whoever listened to it listen to the whole thing okay stuck around <laughs> yeah but uh that was a good time and i'll i consider those guys buddies and i'll i'll have a friendship with them for forever but um i that was still back when the studio was at kurt's house yeah yeah that was I, back I, in the just looking back on it, it was the, 2020 yeah it was right after covid i wasn't even married yet that's weird Weird to think about. Yeah, because you said how your fian- now fiance. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's a trip down memory lane. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah. So I'm a cop in Illinois. I live in the southern half of Illinois. Um, I started my law enforcement career in 2016 
with my hometown sheriff's office. And I bounced around to a couple places, um, some bigger departments in some decent sized cities and then some smaller departments with 10 officers. And I'm finally currently working where I've been trying to get on for a couple of years. So I'm finally settled in. I'm finally, I'm finally where I want to be. Nice. Um, me, me and my wife live on her family's cattle farm uh, down here. And we have one kid and he just turned one. He's an absolute stud. Um, <laughs> other than that, I'm just sports hunting, work and family. That's really all I, all I do. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Congrats on the kid. I know you're late, but we didn't know each other a year ago. So I understand. Yeah. He just, <laughs> he just, he's an animal. He's a stud. That's awesome, dude. Kids are awesome. I have a 10 year old daughter and she is a firecracker. I'll tell you that. I mean, so, yeah, I got, well, when I, I married into a family, they've got like 14 nieces and nephews because my wife's the youngest, but I'm the oldest of our families. So there was so you're the oldest of your family and she's the youngest of hers yeah oh, okay and we both grew up catholic so it's you know a lot of kids oh yeah yeah catholics, oh, catholics and jews really like to pop out kids yeah i i got probably 150 cousins oh shit dude my my grandpa's the oldest of 10 so he's got nine siblings who all had multiple kids who had multiple kids who had multiple kids and you know so on down the line damn and then her and then her family's the opposite her family's really small but her immediate siblings have a shit ton of kids so it's always we always got kids running around oh yeah that's good though i mean there's but, definitely worse problems to have in families but i grew up in a pretty yeah. with a i have a pretty big family too um i'm the only one out of my immediate family that has a kid besides my uh, sister, she's got fucking, uh, three. So I, gosh, I should have known that right away. They're probably gonna listen back and be like, you fucking asshole. But, um, no, I got, so we don't have a huge family in my immediate family, but my, my cousin, I have like a shit ton of cousins and everything else, but, um, it's, it's fun. You're kind of growing up in that, with that dynamic of having a bunch of cousins and stuff to run around with and play with at family reunions and get togethers and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely the way to go, I think. Yeah. I like having a big family, and I like having a family that gets along. I wish, wish. Um, but they kind of live all over the place, so it's kind of nice having knowing somewhere, someone everywhere. Right. Yeah, it's nice. Because, uh, okay, so I do got to say, your name is Brian Johnson. So my uncle, I have an uncle named Brian Johnson. So I thought it was kind of weird. But uh, what's your, you well, said? Well, as far as jump, there's, you, I mean, you can't throw a rock without no. hitting a dozen jumps really anywhere. So, but this is where it gets kind of because what's your dad's name? Um, Mark. So my dad's name is Mark. So I'm like, man, this is weird. I was just listening back on your episode and you were talking about how your dad is named Mark and your name is Brian. I'm like, geez, this is like a weird, I don't know what you'd call this alternate universe or something. Oh, it's, so, I know it's. But Johnson's a very common name. No matter where you go, you could be in Washington, and there's probably a shit ton of Johnsons there too. Yeah, it's. I think it's number two or number three most common, or something behind Smith and Brown or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, 
honestly, Brian, Mark, and Jacob, they're all very common first names too. So I guess it's not oh, that weird. Oh, yeah. But Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but did uh, so I guess we might as well just get right into it. Um, unless you wanted to talk some more about, I guess, uh, did you want to, cause you, are you still, so you are still doing the Pike County trophy doe hunting. Oh yeah. Where yeah. You guys yeah. are still doing that. Yeah. We've okay. got, uh, we're up to 14 members now. Um, nice. we've got most of us, well, not most, probably half of us are cops. Um, and we, some of us are, you know, down in St. Louis, some of us are in Springfield, some of us are in Missouri. Um, we have some guys in Eastern Iowa. We've got a guy in Oklahoma, a guy in Wisconsin, a guy in Chicago. We've got, we're pretty spread out as far as where our members are, but we, we all, um, get together once a year at my, me and my grandpa's farm and, uh, we call that the pro staff outing and we all get together and we just drink stupid amounts of beer and we shoot a bunch of does and it's a good time. And we pretty soon I got, I've been telling, I've been floating the idea out there for two years now, but it's just been so hard to uh, get going, like trying to get um, a, a bunch of like a, a way for people to order apparel from me. And then like, basically I'm not trying to make money on the deal. I'm going to donate all the proceeds to a local charity for a guy. I know who was an officer in Champaign that got killed in the line of duty to a year and a half ago. Oh shit. Okay. So his wife started a, a nonprofit called, uh, I think it's peacekeeper 703 is, is what are, is what the website's called. And I wanted to donate a bunch of money to that. So I wanted to start making hats and shirts and selling stuff. And I finally got a guy to make the stuff that's local and he's affordable. So I've been, I've been DMing with people for about two years now. And they've been asking me, when can I get hats? When can I get this? When can I get that? And I'm like, dude, I, I'm so sorry. I've been talking mad shit for two years, but <laughs> I, fi- I finally got like people didn't realize there for a while how hard it was to get hats and shirts and all that oh, shit and let alone find someone, find someone that's going to take on small batch orders to, um, that didn't cost an absolute $40 a hat. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, COVID really but, fucked all that shit up, dude. It's insane. I know. So, so I finally got a guy and I, and I found these, these two old ladies in a town up the road that are going to help me out. And hopefully here before too long, I'll be able to get a hold of some stuff. And then my cousin started a website. I'm going to try and throw some uh, links up there. And then our Instagram for uh, fundraiser stuff. And like, if you want to donate and then at the end of the year, we'll donate any money we make to, this nonprofit, but that's been in the works for, like I said, I probably texted Kurt about it a year and a half ago. And he's like, yeah, I'll fucking help you out. And then I haven't fucking brought it back up because I haven't, I, I it went nowhere. Right. So hopefully, hopefully I get that squared away here soon. But yeah, we basically, we're just a, a group of buddies that we hunt together. We, 
we have a group chat where, you know, we just keep in touch all the time, all over the place and got a lot of shit going on. But yeah, we, um, we try and bring comedy and real, like relate relatability to the hunting world. Yeah, for sure. And I think you guys are definitely doing that. I, I've been following you guys for, I don't know, a few years now. And it's just like, just the fact that you guys are so, so focused on does. It's hilarious. Like it's that in itself is funny. Cause there's everyone's obviously focused on bucks outside of your group, but, uh, like bringing, making doe, doe killing cool again is pretty sweet. Yeah. We, um, it all started because there was an outfitter that lived or not lived an outfitter that was like pretty close to me and my grandpa's place that got busted for a bunch of like, like a shit ton of, uh, violations. Oh, really? Yeah. And they got shut down for like two years or something like that. And I mean, maybe not shut down, but they got in some big trouble and they, uh, me and my buddies, the two other co-founders, David and Zach, we were at the place and we were sleeping on air mattresses on the floor on a fucking, you know, just a plywood floor. And we were, had, you know, we were hammered and we were like, you know what, what if we just showed up to that outfitter with a bunch of, with a truck full of does and showed them what real, real deer looked like. <laughs> and then we just kept just it, the joke just wouldn't die like weeks weeks pass and the joke just wouldn't go away and we so we just decided to make a facebook and an instagram and we got it became a big joke and then unbeknown you know just to our of... own surprise people started following us yeah and then it became <laughs> it just became funny from there on out because pike county uh that was one like that's a big deer killing county so it was right the best was for about 20 years and then it got over commercialized and uh that you know a bunch of outfitters and i don't know if the dnr did them any favors over there i still like it's still a great area it's a very big county with a very low population just like what most of the south south and southwest part of the state is Mm -hmm. so i mean and it had you were sandwiched between two rivers the illinois river the mississippi river it was like pristine locale and but i don't know i don't really know what happened you don't really see the uh the quality of deer coming out of pike county that you used to but there's no shortage of tags i'll tell you that they're still (laughs) fucking still giving out tags for that county hand over fist so do you think it's because of the outfitters do you think they had a lot to do with it or do you think it's just you think it's over hunting or do you think something else happened like fucking cd or some shit I don't think it had anything to do with CWD. I'm I'm in the uh, in the camp that CWD is complete bullshit. But oh, you, as far I have a, but I have a buddy that's just like that too. The uh, I think it was just more of just it got it got too popular, and okay. BNR just won't acknowledge the fact that it they need to slow it down. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the DNR uh, does a whole lot of favors for the deer population. I think they're they use it as just a an income. Yeah, that's the so. that's the tricky thing when it comes to really any any type of government agency that you really just got to be careful and watch them because you know, it's so easy for them to start looking. I don't know. It's hard to when you get like a director in there, whoever's in charge. It's hard for them not to start getting like 
start looking at the dollar signs and trying to make themselves look better to the, whoever's in charge, you know, cause it's politicians in charge of them. So in order to get right. promoted and move on, you gotta do something. And it just so happens that politicians look at dollar signs more than they, they look at deer numbers and saying, Hey, look at what we're doing for, for conservation. Look at all the stuff we're doing. Like we have a lot of deer here. Everything's going great. We, but you know, we're starting to see a decline. We maybe need to stop selling so many tags. And when politicians see those numbers, the, the money start getting less and less, then they start kind of getting pissy. So, yeah. And then, but you also got to, you got to think about like you, you, you roll into Pittsfield, Illinois, for example, and I'm, I'm not going to speak for the locals, but that town turns into a completely different universe when deer season rolls around. Oh, does it? It's like every hotel is booked. Every restaurant's full. There's out-of-state plates everywhere, you know, and then you run into a bunch of people at the gas station that don't recognize you, and they, you know, they think less of you, and they or they want to talk shit, but then at the same time, the guy that owns the steakhouse on the square, he doesn't give a shit because he just paid the light bill till fucking next, you know, next year mm-hmm. because a bunch of rich guys from North Carolina decided to come in and, you know, spend $150 a piece on a $20 steak, you know? Yep. Yeah. There's a lot more that goes into it than just the tag sales and stuff. You know, the economy, the local economy benefits a great deal. It does. And you see that, you see that a lot too in like Western States where especially when in areas that have, you know, very, like you were saying low, low populations of people and they have these businesses that are trying to stay afloat and yeah, they really do stay afloat due to the amount of traffic that comes in during hunting season. Right. But at the same time, you know, you gotta, you gotta balance it because I don't think the locals care for the outfitters that much. The, at least when we first bought that place, it was at the peak of, I shouldn't say the peak. It was on the upswing of the popularity. And there was, you could drive around town and around the country and see a bunch of bumper stickers that would say, uh, save a deer, shoot an outfitter or something like that. Jesus. And so that they, they understood what the problem was, yep. but at the same time, you know, you got to balance the, uh, environment with the economy when mm-hmm. it comes to things like when Dude. the biggest, ta- I don't know how many people live in Pike County, maybe 10,000. Oh, damn. Something like, that. and, when you know your entire local economy can benefit from it, then it's kind of hard to turn away money. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you got to really understand what, what the harm you could be doing at the at the state level. Which yeah. when you get a new DNR director every four years, it's you're not doing yourself any favors. No, you're not. That's that's the thing, man. To us. Uh, Outfitter guides and outfitters and stuff of that nature, they have a lot of pull with uh, the DNR and stuff. Because you see that a lot in Western states when it comes to non-resident tag allocations and stuff like that. And how they'll states will set aside a certain amount for, you know, specifically for outfitters and stuff. Just because they have a lot of, they have a lot of, like, uh, they have a lot of support. You know, they bring in a lot of money. They bring in, they come in bring in numbers and facts and they say, you know what we are doing that. This like you're saying with the economy, we do this much for the economy. We bring in this much money. We do this, this, and this, we need more tags to do more. 
and the state's like, hey, you know what? Makes sense. Let's do that. So it makes those yeah, DIY, yeah. those DIY guys that want to go out there and get tags on their own and do things on their own. It's kind of tough for them, but you know, it is what it is. You kind of gotta. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that that's the case here because it isn't. But at the same time, uh, they do bring in money. They do. So and that's really what Illinois cares about. That's why our taxes are so high. Yeah. You don't think the outfitters in like Illinois and stuff have a lot of pull like that? I don't. I don't think so. I think because no. the way the, the way the tags are given out, the way, um, I mean, you got to get you can't outfitters don't get tags. Oh, you, that's right. The, you, you guys are over the counter, so it's like yeah, and yes and no, right? Yes, you like it. Well, yes and no. Okay. The to get a firearms tag, you I'm pretty sure you got to go through the lottery as a non-resident. Mm, okay. The, but I've never, in the last ten to fifteen years, I've never known a soul that got denied. Depending, and assuming they applied for a county that had tags. Interesting. Because first lottery will be residents only. The second lottery will be non-residents and people that didn't get. Um first lottery that didn't enter the first lottery and then the third lottery will be whatever's left essentially yeah don't they don't they put out like a quota then or they don't put those numbers out to for they to look at or what yeah but they do it by county so oh, okay yeah beginning of the when beginning of the first lottery every county will have x amount of tags allocated and then after the first lottery they'll say these are the tags remaining per county then then you can apply for whatever's left and then the the number goes down every every subsequent lottery and then until you get to the end and then whatever is left per county will be over the counter now where the county i live in and the counties some of the counties i hunt in there's not a lot of extra tags or there's zero extra tags just because the counties are either they don't have much for habitat it's mostly agriculture you know, like where I live, I can see for fucking 20 miles. Mm -hmm. There is no habitat on this part of the County I live in. <laughs> and I have, there's, I've never seen a deer at my house ever, ever. Jeez. I got, I got, oh, I got to go six or eight miles North of me or East of me to find a deer. Damn. So, like, so, yeah, so they got to take that into account. So yeah. there's not that many tags. But, you know, and then you, it's just, it's kind of a long story. But, yeah, they, they give out tags based on the popu the deer population per county, not, like, per region or whatever. Sure, gotcha. Yeah, X and Iowa, we do it by zones. So, so. yeah, the only thing we have zones for is, uh, uh, upland hunting, trapping, and like uh, turkeys. Oh, okay, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Not really, but kind of. It's kind of it's kind of fucky. Yeah, it's weird. And the only the only reason I know of, about it is because I've hunted here my whole life. Right. The if I moved from out of state, I would just I would look at it and I'd be so fucking confused. Like I don't fucking know, man. I'm just gonna go. I just want to go to the gas station and. Try buy a tag or the hardware store or whatever. Yeah. 
like one of my best buddies and we were roommates when I lived in Wisconsin, he moved to Chicago with his wife. And so he hunts with me down here because he doesn't really pay out of state tax to go back up to Wisconsin to his dad's house all the time mm-hmm. down here. And I every and he's lived in Illinois for probably five or six years. And I have to walk him through the process every single time. <laughs> he can't wrap his head around it. <laughs> Dude, every but, state's so fucking weird with their, how, you know, how to buy license and tags and all that stuff. And all the, there's a lot of gray area in, in every state's regulations. And you're always nervous. Whenever I go out of state to hunt, I'm always so nervous. I'm going to, I'm fucking breaking the law. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got everything I need, but I don't know. Don't really know until you get stopped by the DNR and, uh, get questioned. And then you're like, Oh shit, I passed the test. Thank God. I used to work at, uh, Gander mountain in Springfield and the Thursday before first firearm season here, because it's open on Friday, all the folks, all the people would fly in to the local airports from out east. And I, I went, I probably would sell thousands of dollars worth of shit to these guys. They would come in every year from Long Island, New York. Oh, no shit. And, yeah, and they were as Italian as the day is long. And they didn't have a fucking clue. This one guy showed up and left all of his stuff at, at home because he didn't want to like pay the, uh, the luggage fees. So he's, instead of paying the luggage fees, which is like $50 a bag or whatever, he's going to buy $800 worth of shit at Gander Mountain. And then he didn't even bring his gun because he didn't want to fuck with it or he didn't have one, one of the two. And so he tried to buy a shotgun on Thursday evening. And there's a 24-hour hold on all long guns in Illinois. So so he didn't know that. He was fucking livid. He acted like it was my fault. And I'm like, listen, dude, I have to do what the state police tells me to do as far as selling you guns. Like, you're... As far as I'm concerned, I should be able to give you this shit right now. You already passed your background check. There ain't that many people with your, you know, mozzarella chini last name. So (laughs) I, you know, you already passed your background check, but I I can't give it to you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Can't give it to you till tomorrow at 3:38 p.m. or whatever. That's crazy. I mean, it's not. Yeah, he missed opening day and he had to come back and get done and side to the motherfucker in and he was so mad well but just yeah i i totally get it like people from out of state what's the point in like they like you go like think about someone from new york or california or new jersey or whatever they go to illinois they may not necessarily they may think illinois is no different than iowa missouri indiana kentucky oh yeah for sure a lot of people so, think illinois think illinois and they don't even realize that like Chicago is the is in Illinois. I have met a lot of guys in the army, and they, they look at the Midwest as just being all kind of the same. You know, we're all the same. We're a bunch of fucking rednecks that just shoot guns all day, and it's super easy to buy guns and everything else. Mm-hmm. I wish, but yeah, well, yeah, it's not, definitely not like that. Definitely not like that. So you guys have a twenty four hour hold. How long has that been going on in Illinois? The twenty four hour hold on long guns. Oh far as i can far as i can remember it's it's 72 hours for a pistol no shit 
Yeah, I couldn't even Jeez. tell you the like. I I don't know that 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 rule has been around since I've been um knowledgeable about any of this. Damn, Iowa. You could, I bought a I bought a twenty two. I, I bought a little twenty two bolt action. Not just I don't know fucking uh, last month, and it took about thirty minutes. Well, I mean, I could me personally, I could get a gun the same day. Because because you're because you're a cop or because you're a resident, because I'm a cop. Because you're a cop, okay. And so there's a, there's ways around it, but you have to be. I don't want to say the privileged few, but it kind of feels that fucking way with these gun laws. Well, that's kind of the way it is with gun with uh, restrictive, really ultra restrictive gun laws, like in states like Illinois, New York. Like we've seen it in New York with concealed carry um, permits. In Illinois or in New York, the only way you could get them is if you were part of the privileged few, if you were an elitist and if you had a reason. Like that was the biggest thing that was crazy about New York is that you had to have a reason to get a concealed weapons permit to carry a handgun in this in New York. And that's fucking nuts. Like you have to prove like, Oh yeah, I'm a celebrity and a lot of people know know of me and I have a lot of people stalking me sometimes, so I need a gun. They're like, Yeah, it totally makes sense. Cool. Motherfuckers that can afford security if they had to they're allowed to get guns for personal use, but you know your average middle class Joe isn't allowed to. That's an insane. So like those restrictive gun laws, when you start restricting them so much, it definitely turns into an elitist thing, or like you know the privileged few that get to get guns. Yeah, and I do know that years ago, before, because Illinois for the longest time was the only state that did not have a concealed carry law. And the Supreme Court basically said, tough shit, you have to have a concealed carry law, okay? So Illinois made it the most obnoxious, a bunch of loopholes to jump through. What do you mean it, but, did, it uh, didn't have one? Like, they, it wasn't allowed? Like, they just didn't correct. have a law at all, so it's outlawed? Concealed carry was illegal. Jeez, how long, how long was that going on for? Probably 10 years ago. Holy fuck. Is when, when they turned it over or uh, reversed it. And it was due to the Supreme Court. It wasn't because we had a good governor. Right. Or there were anything. It was literally because the Supreme Court said, this is um, a violation and you need to figure it the fuck out. That's the craziest shit, dude. That's uh, I was talking about this on a podcast before. I don't I can't remember if it was with, um, I can't remember if I, I can't remember which one it was exactly, but, um, yeah, we we're just kind of talking about, um, oh fuck! I completely lost my train of thought there, dude. What the fuck? Um, holy shit! What the fuck were you just talking about? I'm an idiot. Still uh, carry. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. There you go. Sorry. Oh my god, I'm a fucking dumbass. But uh, we were just talking about uh how you know uh the supreme like the federal courts are checking some of these states and how it's supposed to be the kind of the complete opposite. Like, well, oh, no, I'm sorry. This, some states are checking the federal government. Sorry, I had it all mixed up. But it is weird how the Supreme Court has to come down to a state and say, hey, you know, like you specifically, you have to figure something out. They don't tell you what. Like, it's not, there's no standard across the country when it comes to, I guess, you know, your rights. It, it's weird how it varies so widely between state to state. Yeah. Know. And it's, it's, it's strange because the, you look at, we'll call it, I think it's the 14th Amendment. 
maybe. Okay. I think it basically said if you're a United States citizen and you're a citizen of the state you live in, you all have the same rights. Um, and you can't, and no state can make a law that um, basically supersedes a, or like, no, you if you're a state like Illinois, for example, can't restrict a law that the federal government has already given you the right for or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the big ones with uh, the 2A stuff, the Second Amendment stuff. Mm-hmm. And or it's right here. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor yep. shall any state nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, property without due process of law. Yep. So it's, that's the way it's supposed to be. The feds are supposed to check the states, but yes. now the fucking, the feds are so out of control that some of the states are having to check the feds. Yeah, it's completely, fu- it's, it's, it's fucked all the way around. And it's one of those things where I don't know if there's a way, I, there's got to be a way that we can write it figure out something to check these politicians that are uh, constantly attacking our rights as citizens and, you know, holding them accountable. Cause it just seems fucking nuts to me how, um, a group of politicians running on taxpayer dollars, um, in, in my opinion, stolen money from the citizens. That's how they're funding themselves. And they, they get, they have basically unlimited money when it comes to court costs and stuff like that about, um, so they can basically send, put out unlimited attacks, which you see in states, especially states like Illinois, New York, and all those other, um, restrictive states like that. They're constantly attacking the second amendment and the citizens and saying, you shall not do this, even though it explicitly says in the constitution, the bill of rights, what, you know, what is left up to the states and what the citizens of this country have, like what our rights are. It explicitly writes it out. Like what were, what are unalienable, unalienable rights. And these politicians are constantly attacking those rights. There's gotta be there. There, he needs to be some sort of, um, check on them, you know, because there's only so many gun advocacy, gun advocacy groups out there that can run on donated dollars and fight these battles. Exactly, because you think about we have an elected official, two elected officials, no, multiple elected officials in Illinois. <clears throat> and I think this is a perfect uh, transition to the Illinois gun law shit. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You have multiple elected officials, like the uh, Speaker of the House, the Senate President, the Governor, and the Attorney General. Okay, just the big four. Mm -hmm. And the... Attorney General is using our tax dollars to fight a legal battle about 
that is a violation of the same constitution that he was sworn to uphold. Mm -hmm. And then you have the governor and all these representatives and senators that are defending a law that is a violation of their oath and of the constitution and using unlimited money to fight the legal battle to defend it. And it's like you're getting your rights taken away and you're also paying the state to fight the lawsuits against your rights. It's a fucking mess. It is a fucking mess, dude. It's an absolute and mess. We, I, think, I think we brought it up the first time we talked is that it's, it kind of borders on the, I mean, if, if treason wasn't such a specific definition, you could make an argument that this it's it's treasonous oh yeah you know (laughs) i would definitely say that it's treasonous um it's but it's at minimum it's a blatant attack on the citizens from the government like saying that you can't defend yourself you have well not saying that we're not saying that you they're not saying you can't defend yourself per se but you can't effectively defend yourself in most situations right and you also can't defend yourself or, or we're not going to give you the ability to defend yourself without you violating other rights. Like, um, so Illinois' big thing is they want to get rid of all, uh, basically, we'll just say blanket statement, virtually all semi-automatic weapons with mm-hmm. uh, that meet certain criteria and then hold a certain amount of rounds in a magazine. And all this other shit. Uh, but you can keep it if you already have it. Um, but you get put in, but you have to register all your guns. So the registry, the registry on its face, um, everyone can see right through that shit. Oh yeah. Uh, They, everyone can see what their fucking big plan is for that. Now the registry in itself is a fifth amendment violation because you have a right against self incrimination. Mm hmm. So I have to read uh, every time I interrogate someone that's under detention, I have to read them their Miranda rights. Mm-hmm. So, and it says, you know, that's, that's not in the, I mean, that's covered under the fifth amendment. That's not the same, but basically you have a, the fifth amendment. A hundred percent is all it says is you have a right against self-incrimination. You do not have to say a fucking word. You do not have to cooperate. You do not have to, answer any questions you do not have to do anything that you do not want to do as far as um incriminating yourself well the registry does exactly that oh yeah yeah i plead, so, the, I plead the fifth like that's a common little saying that exactly, you know so, i plead I mean, the fifth man i ain't i ain't talking yeah so i mean the self-incrimination part that is a fifth amendment violation with the registry and then you can go on and on you can go the the fourth amendment route which is um right. uh, the uh unlawful uh searches and seizures mm-hmm. which uh so and the courts have upheld that a a search and a seizure are very broad terms it's not just what you would think it it says um uh, like your person being searched or you being arrested as or whatever that's not necessarily what it means. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> if we click on the fourth amendment here, unreasonable searches or seizures of, of private property. So you're supposed to 
give up your private property that you lawfully bought and owned because they now want to say that it is against your rights or it's uh, illegal now. Mm -hmm. And then they're getting the state police and any other government agency the authority to confiscate your weapons because they know you own them. Mm -hmm. So that's a slippery slope. So you got the fourth amendment, you got the 14th amendment, you got the fifth amendment, and then it goes on and on. Like, and then you have all the due process violations regarding how the law was passed. And that is a fucking disaster. And that is something that I think everyone needs to understand is that the Illinois legislature, they do, they have done this for fucking decades. They have a, um, they have a stack of shell bills that basically the shell bills mean nothing. They say nothing. They are just bills that were, are filed and it says, and they're just empty text bills. Well, anybody can, uh, go to the speaker of the house or the committee or whoever and say, Hey, I give me a, give me house bill number, uh, 1222. And it, currently says nothing so, and then you can snatch house bill 1222 because it was filed uh, in the period that you needed to file it uh, and so, and even though it says nothing you can take that bill amend it and make it say whatever the fuck you want oh so no that's shit yeah and then that's when it goes to committee goes to voting and all that shit so what the Illinois house did or what the Illinois house did with the gun bill there was a shell bill. Well, we won't call it a shell bill. We'll call it a bill on, on some bullshit uh, semantics about insurance policies, okay? So it was like a four-line bill. It was a four-line bill regarding um, insurance adjusters and how you have to give out information, okay? Mm -hmm. And within – so then like right before the – like right before the lame duck session was over, right before the new General Assembly took over – they took that bill, amended it, and wrote a shit ton of stuff about completely turned this four-line uh, uh, insurance bill into a couple hundred-page assault weapons ban. So w with the, the shell bills that you're talking about, do they do that because it's easier and faster to amend them rather than pass them? Yes, and it also... Um, and I don't know the whole process, but it sounds like from what I've read and what I've listened to in interviews and stuff, it they they do it so um, there's filing periods that you have to meet. And if you don't necessarily know what you're going to make a bill into today, but you have to have it filed by tomorrow, you can file a bill that, that's an empty bill, a mm. bill that has no no content or no context yep. and just give it a number and then you can go back and snatch that number. But you can, you can request, Hey, can I have this, can I have this bill number? And then I'll say, yeah, sure. And then you can make it whatever you want. Jeez. That's fucking crazy. So, it seems like with the, so they, with all the Illinois stuff, it happened so fast. So I didn't so know they that do that reason. So they do that. And then, what they did was they, they took that insurance bill. I'm sorry. My wife just woke up. My kid's screaming. Oh, you're good. Um, so um, they took that bill about some insurance bullshit. Then they turned it into some assault weapons ban. 
they sent it to the House. The House voted on it and passed it immediately because not only does Illinois have a Democrat majority, they have a super majority in every single sense of the word. Mm-hmm. And they so then they passed it in the House. The next day goes to the Senate, passes the Senate. The fucking same day it passes the Senate, the governor signs it. So you Jeez. have so you have within a matter of three it's less than three days. This bill went from a uh, some bullshit insurance thing to a full blown assault weapons ban with absolutely no public scrutiny in less than seventy two hours. That is fucking insane. And and they enacted it into law immediately. So the that, that, that shit makes your head spin, dude. That's how fast that I goes. Know. I know. And then so then you add you add in because um, to me that just screamed like that's that just vile that I don't know what the necessarily the the X's and O's of the due process for passing a bill are, but that just that is so wrong. That is absolutely and, wrong. And what the fuck does that do for like law well, enforcement? It, you know, too. You know, it's like all of a sudden I out of nowhere there here's a fucking huge law. That huge that is exactly. unfathomable, dude. It's insane. And well and the, the best part is is that once it got once it got enacted, over there's hundred and two counties in Illinois, over ninety percent of the sheriffs released a public statement saying this bill's no good in my county. <laughs> so so that was good. But anyway, so that's that's a cool thing about sheriffs, it, man. Yeah, and the sheriffs are elected, so the governor can't do shit to them anyway. Exactly. But anyway, so so then if you look at the Illinois Constitution, the Illinois Constitution, it's a little harder to navigate because it's not as um, there's a little there's like less there, but it's a little more dense. The um, it has a lot of the same shit as the U.S. Constitution, but the wording is significantly different. Mm-hmm. But then. Um, like it has a lot of state specific stuff. Now there is another one. There is a part of the Illinois constitution. And I do not, if there's any constitutional scholars out there, I do not know which section it is, but I know some people I, and at the end of this episode, I'll have some resources for anybody who's interested to go inform themselves. And they're very, very good attorneys that put out this information. So, um, I will, give all that at the end. But there's also something in the Illinois constitution about uh, passing laws uh, that's called the three readings rule. It's basically so that in order to make something a fucking law, everyone has to know what the fuck they're voting on. So mm-hmm. they, they propose a bill to be voted on. Now you can make amendments, but you have to, but the bill then becomes house bill blank amendment blank. Okay, yeah, so they can they can do the uh, the first reading. Let's say so they make they take this insurance bullshit. Uh, they amend it into the gun bill. They would have had to have read that bill three separate times on the House floor before a vote. They didn't do that. Oh, geez. They then they would have had to have read that same bill three separate times on the Senate floor before a vote. They didn't do that either. Because it's it was logistically and mathematically impossible to do that, and all and then the governor doesn't have to do any of that shit. All he has to do is just 
sign it or not. Yep. But um, the but so they violated the three readings rule. <laughs> they violated some due process shit, and that's the that's how Illinois gets away with a lot of this stuff. And they did the same bullshit with the uh, police reform bill. Yeah, although not nearly as egregious. And that that, now, was, that was pretty bad, but this is specifically this bad because it affects it affects everybody, everybody in the state of the state of Illinois. The fuck? Well, the other stuff affected everybody well, too. That's but true. To a much different degree. Much different now, degree. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's just two totally different spectrums. But yes. Yeah. If if we're talking, um, if we're arguing balls and strikes here, this is just the worst. Yeah. This uh, this uh, assault weapons ban now, and that's what they're calling it. So. Mm-hmm. Then, obviously, as soon as the shit happened, fucking lawsuits started coming in left and right. Now, yep. Illinois has always done shit this way, where they've always, well, to my knowledge, and since I've followed politics, they've always just you, something, you never hear about something, and all of a sudden, boom, new law. The, then it's all over the fucking news, and congratulations, sucks, suck, it's a new fucking law. Yep. Yeah, that's, so, that's exactly what happens whenever they do, the, do shit like this is... They just need to make it. They just need to make it through the initial, um, I guess, fucking explosion of something like this happening. And then eventually it calms down. And people stop talking about it, and then it just silently goes away. And that's the new law. And it's just it is what it is. Deal with it. Yep. And so that is another. That was one of the big things that started that came up with this law because a, a lot of people have brought it to brought it to light before, but. This one was just the most egregious violation of the due process that they that everyone knew about it now. Like there was some other stuff where like, well, maybe we just didn't really get it. Or yeah, an attorney would file a lawsuit and the court would be like, Yeah, but do you really have the proof or blah blah blah? And it just kind of went away. But this time around, it was like, yo, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Oh. So I know a guy who there are currently four state cases, uh, two in Effingham, uh, one in White County. Don't I don't know what courthouse White County is. And another one in Decatur. And the Decatur case is kind of sketchy. And it was not brought on by the same attorney as the other three. The other three were brought on by an attorney named Thomas DeVore. He's from down south. He was the Republican candidate for the attorney general this last election cycle. Mm-hmm. He is fucking solid. Okay. He is top to bottom, a fucking stand up dude. He is quality, a very solid attorney. I have no issues with him at all. He is very smart. He knows what he's fucking talking about. Now he filed three different lawsuits and he got awarded temporary restraining orders in all three of them. Now, he argued um, equal protections, which is the best argument, because basically when they made this bill, when the state legislator made this bill, they carved out uh, a whole different classes of people. So they said cops don't have to follow the law. Fucking uh, <laughs> prison wardens don't have to follow the law. Um, if you work private security, you don't have to follow the law. Holy if you're shit. Reti- if you're active duty military, you don't have to follow the law. If you're a retired cop, you don't have to follow the law. But not a retired military. That was another thing that pissed a lot of people off. So you get a fucking city cop of from a town of, you know, 500 people. 
that's 450 pounds and has never arrested anybody in his life that just retired last year. He doesn't have to follow the law, but mm -hmm. the fucking Navy who just got his DD-214, he has to follow the law. Yep. So that was another thing. So that's fucking we'll, crazy. We'll, yeah, so they – so that was a absolute ridiculous equal protections violation because that is a federal a federal issue and a state issue. You cannot um, basically make someone someone follow a law that the next guy doesn't have to. Well, that, that's the that's the crazy thing is um, everyone says you know this person they're not above the law. They none of these people are above the law, but they are actually ex explicitly spelling out people that are above the law. So like yeah, it's, so the everyone else are just lesser class citizens. Kind of is what they're saying. They're trying Jesus. to make the the state is trying to make the fact the um the training the training and experience argument, which no, is fine fuck. if you want to go that route. But then that's a very very easy fact to un to unfuck yeah. because uh, any attorney with subpoena power can call the Illinois Training and Standards Board for law enforcement and say, Hey, how many prison wardens do you have? Uh, okay. Uh, 27 prison wardens in Illinois. Uh, how many of them have had firearms training? Um, 12. How many of them have had rifle training? Fucking zero. Yeah. Those are all, those are all numbers. I don't know if they're, they're true or not, but that's just right. like, it's, I know I, I start in corrections. I am very familiar with how the fucking firearms shit goes in corrections. I get it. Yep. So, the the state's making all these absurd um, arguments on their behalf, and it's just going down the fucking tubes. So then the equal protections, that's the big one. That's the one that the um, that got upheld on appeal. So Tom DeVore uh, sued based on equal protections, due process, three readings, and something else. I don't remember because those kind of went by the wayside. Uh, but he got the first uh, temporary restraining order, which meant that he had like 800 clients that joined the lawsuit that the law did no longer apply to. Okay. Um, and then he did another, another lawsuit with more clients and he had another lawsuit with more clients and don't quote me on this, but I think he's got up to like over 7,000 fucking clients at this point. Holy fuck. Of people who don't have to follow the law. The law no, does not apply to them. Um, because then the state immediately appealed to the uh, appellate court. The appellate court said they upheld the decision. They upheld the decision on equal protection grounds. So they're basically saying, hey, this violates equal protection. Uh, the, appellate, uh, the appellate court is higher than the circuit court. So think about it like this. Like if you get a traffic ticket, you got to go to court. You're going to your circuit court. The appellate is a district. That is where that is the appellate court is higher than the circuit court or district court, and then it goes up from there all the way up to the Supreme court. Mm -hmm. So just for anyone, and so the appellate court is a big deal. The fact that it got upheld in the appellate court means that there is legitimate fucking grounds for this. Now, an appellate ruling is binding on every circuit court ruling. So okay. if someone brought another lawsuit in a lower court, um, that judge is bound by the ruling of the appellate court. So if I were to go down the road and file a lawsuit 
um, on the same grounds for the same thing, that judge could not do anything about it. Their hands are tied. They have to do what the appellate said because the appellate judge is higher than them. Gotcha. Yep. So the fact that it was upheld in the appellate court is a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. So, so, so the, the state took it to the appellate court? Yes, the state okay. appealed the ruling because the the circuit court said, this is bullshit. This is, I find it um, uh, violates the Constitution on all grounds. Mm-hmm. Well, the state said, well, I agree with you, so I'll appeal it. It goes to the appellate district. Yep. The appellate district said, I think that it violates the Constitution on these grounds. So now, even though it's narrower, it's uh, still something. It still, it still matters. Yep. So it, they so it's still a violation. So then the state appealed it again and it went to, now it goes to the Supreme court Jeez. because there was a, another court ruling in Macon County, which is Decatur, Illinois, that said the, the, um, law was unconstitutional, which is no, I mean, it is what it is. It was, we saw that coming because of the appellate ruling anyway. So when a judge finds something unconstitutional, and that is his ruling that this judge is that this law is unconstitutional on its face, that is an automatic appeal to the Supreme Court. Mm. But when the state appealed that again, it the Supreme Court had no choice. The Supreme Court had to hear the case. Okay, typically the Supreme Court picks and chooses what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Not in this case. The Supreme Court has to hear it if anything is found unconstitutional by a lower court. So now this is where it gets tricky. You've got all these lower courts that say, um, okay, it's all, it's unconstitutional. This law is fucked. Um, it needs to go away. And then you have all these temporary restraining orders and injunctions and shit in place for these plaintiffs. Now you have some people that really don't know what they're talking about saying that because the judge said it's unconstitutional, that it's a, the ban is now, uh, statewide, um, or that it's, it can't be applied statewide, which is false. It only, because the Supreme court hasn't ruled on anything. It it is only, uh, there is only injunction for the plaintiffs in those specific cases. Hmm. So, uh, that's another thing that was, there's some, like people need to get their facts straight and listen to the right people. Cause some people are listening to just state reps that want to get on the podium and talk, talk shit. So, right. yeah. Uh, so, so real quick. Um, so this law as of right now, it is in effect. It is in effect for the people who are not involved in law in the lawsuits. Yes. Right. But it, and it is in effect immediately, but you don't, there are several, several, there's like over 110 uh, gun stores and FFLs that are listed in the uh, plaintiffs so they can do business as usual. Oh, sure. That makes sense. And, and anybody that's involved in the lawsuits can do business as usual because gotcha. the lawsuits don't apply. So in order for it to be statewide, we're waiting for a federal ruling on a statewide injunction or a, a Supreme Court ruling. <clears throat> So let me get back to the Decatur shit. Mm-hmm. So the Decatur case and the and the three cases in White and Effingham County, they are virtually identical. 
However, the attorneys have different ultimatums. The, the Decatur case is being brought by a state, a state rep named Dan Calkins. Okay. And Dan, Dan Calkins, he, I don't know the guy. He's not my, he's not in my district. I don't know shit about him, but I've heard him talk and I'm not a fan. Mm. He is a Republican. He's a Republican. I just think he's kind of dense. Yep. Now we all know be that. that. As, yeah. So he, he wanted it from what it sounds like to me. And granted, I don't know if this is factual. I'm getting a lot of my information. I'm making a lot of my own opinions on this stuff. Right. So he took a lot of the same material and a lot of the same shit from Tom DeVore's three cases. Tom DeVore wanted to slow play this to get the most rock solid fucking case he could. Because mm-hmm. he wants all he wants all the discovery from the politicians. He wants all of the fucking meat and potatoes of how this shit came to be. What he do you wants mean, to what do you know mean, like, he want, you know, all the discovery they got in all the meat. They, uh, so he wants so now that he has specifically case, so how that, it became uh, got passed. Yeah. So, so okay. basically, uh, discovery in a court case is like the evidence. Okay. He can subpoena evidence, mm-hmm. or he subpoena. It's called discovery, but it's just it's evidence. So he can subpoena. For example, um, text messages, emails, um, oh shit, correspondences, all that shit mm-hmm. from these uh, politicians, and he wants to know how this law came to be and what get what fucking bullshit games they played to get there. Right, because it happened so fast, you know that it had to have. Uh, yeah, there was. You know, there's there a lot some- of backdoor bullshit back scratching whatever the fuck going on back there right so he wanted to slow play it and do that and now his he and the attorney on dan Calkins' case are that they i have no reason to believe that they're both not have our everyone's best interest but it seems like the Calkins attorney is rushing everything so the Calkins guy He's basically taking it all the way to the Supreme Court just on the equal protections argument. Mm-hmm. He's not really he's not really doing the legwork to get all the evidence in place and to find out actually what the fuck like how this is going down. Because I think since he is in the state legislature, I think that he probably has to tread lightly on these people. Oh yeah. So so his attorney went straight to the Supreme court. Like he agreed with the governor agreed with the attorney general. He's like, let's take it straight to the Supreme court. Now, in my opinion, based on what the attorneys have said and all the, and everything I've read, I don't think that case is nearly as, um, well put together as any of Tom DeVore's cases. Mm-hmm. So Tom and, DeVore and Tom DeVore, he's, uh, he's going at it from a private side, right? Like he yes. has, you said he has 7,000 some odd plaintiffs. So he's going yes, from, yeah, from a from a very he did, private he did, side. He's not former, he's not a politician. He he ran for attorney general, but oh, he's not a politician right now, right? Correct. Okay, and he's you. also not even in his own case. He's doing this strictly as a professional from a professional standpoint. Yep. Okay. Um so he is trying to get it in front of he uh Dan Coggins wants to go to the Supreme Court basically from what it sounds like to be the first. Mm-hmm. 
for no, for no, I did he's a, he's, he's a politician. He wants to be able to run on this stuff in the future. I'm sure he's, he's politicking. Yep. Now from, I not and I'm not saying he won't win because he's still got a solid argument, but it's nowhere near. It's way closer to 50, 50 than it should be. Well, and it's one of those things too, where if you like, like you were saying, Tom DeVore, he wants to slow play it a little bit. It makes a little more sense to do it that way uncover more stuff to expose more things to the people so they know what the fuck is happening. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to get at with this is that's what people don't really understand that I talk to is that Tom wants all this discovery. He wants his subpoenas returned because he wants to know exactly. He wants to basically uncover how Illinois gets these laws passed. He wants to put it in front of, God and everybody, how this shit goes down in Illinois. Yep. Now, the governor and the attorney general are coddling Dan Calkins' case because they know that they have a much better chance against Calkins, and they will not have to basically give up the these uh, backdoor shit that they've always done. Mm-hmm. They won't have to. They won't have to give that up. They won't have to disclose any of that. But if they were to have to respond to all Tom DeVore's discovery, then that would all be uncovered. Yep. So the Supreme Court, or not the Supreme Court, sorry, the governor and the attorney general basically took Dan Calkins, ran straight to the Supreme Court, and they're like, hey, let's go to the Supreme Court with your case. And he fucking fell for it. So Fuck. Um, there's, there's still a chance that they both could be heard on different grounds. It, but the state is trying everything in their power to cover up divorce cases uh, in order to basically make uh, Calkins case the law, like basically make that the standard. Yep. So that's kind of where we're at right now. But DeVore wanted to use all of the other lawsuits and all the other bullshit that, that he went on. He wanted to be able to use that to get in front of the Supreme court and then use all the discovery to basically get all the truth out there and make the Supreme court realize how fucked this, the legislative process actually is in Illinois, Mm -hmm. because that would basically, that would, that would be a 90, 10 slam dunk. Yeah. But as they're only going on uh, very specific uh, constitutional articles from the state constitution, because they're, that's all they're taking the lawsuit. That's all the Calkins has taken his lawsuit to the Supreme Court on. Then you're a lot closer to 50-50 with a case that, in my opinion, is put together a little sloppier and a little with a little more haste. Than, but like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a constitutional scholar. I didn't. I'm not. I don't claim to be an expert. But everything I've read, and I, I do have a very good grasp on what these legal document bullshit mean. I mean, I've been a union rep. I've read these a million cases in my day. Mm-hmm. I I can translate the legal jargon that in these fucking documents. Yep. It's not that problem. So I really, I, I can understand. I can see through most of the bullshit. The, the average person probably couldn't do that because it's like reading Mandarin. Yeah, it sometimes. fucking sucks, dude, Mike. My- my wife, she's uh, a reserve deputy and trying to go through and study case law and stuff and all the shit she, yeah, she's like, been reading about and everything else. I'm like, there's Fuck. a lot of Latin. It doesn't make any sense. No. But if, if you didn't know, 
So yeah. she's reading some of the shit off to me. I'm just like, I, Nick, she's trying to see if I could make sense of some of the stuff. I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm not, I don't know shit about like law jargon. I wait for this, the really smart people to break it down Barney style for guys like me to be like, yeah, this is, right. this sucks. And this is why, you know, kind of thing. Like I can, I can read certain legal jargon and be like, okay, yeah, I can tell like this kind of sucks, but it's all, it's the nine, the other 85% of shit that goes along with it. That I'm just like, I'll miss a lot of stuff when I'm reading about it. Like I, I get the gist and say, yeah, this fuck, like I can read and see, oh yeah, they're trying to ban assault, quote unquote, assault rifles and uh, magazine ban. I get that, but it's all the other shit around it that I don't really understand that guys like you or actual lawyers, like they look at that and they're like, oh shit, like this word right here specifically, this is what's going to get them kind of thing. Right. And then there's also a, we'll call it five, maybe six cases that are, that went federal. Okay. That all, that all those got consolidated. Um, and actually Tom DeVore tried to get the Dan Calkins case consolidated with his. I was going to ask and that earlier. He, he, Tom DeVore tried to get that to happen be, to basically avoid this. So avoid who, all the, who, who okays that the court, uh, the Supreme court, the Supreme court, um, because the state and Calkins didn't want to basically, he was outvoted to two to one. Oh, why didn't Calkins want to, like, why wouldn't he just jump in there and be like, yeah, right. Fuck it. Like, we'll just consolidate because it makes more sense. Just because he, I think he go, I think he wanted to be first. He wanted to be and first. And I think okay. he wanted he wanted to go to the Supreme Court on his own. Yeah, and he wanted the the law to be the case to be closed with you know the state of Illinois versus Calkins, and then that's what goes in yeah, the case. He wanted, he wanted Illinois v. Calkins to be him. Yeah, his gotcha. that makes sense. I I don't know. Like I said, don't know. That's just what I think. Yep. But yeah, that's, I mean, you, you never really know, but that's the thing with, um, when you're talking politics and stuff, you never really know why they're doing certain things. Like they might not make sense, but you don't really, they, they never come out outright and say why like, Oh yeah, I want to be first. I want to be, they, I want to be, I want to be the they, winner. They're, they're not going to say that. Right. What, what their, what his attorney has come out and said is that he thinks that the, their cases are procedurally different. And they are not arguing for the same thing. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense, but sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they just, they're, they have different, their cases have different merits and they're going after different things. And it's like, whatever, dude, say what you want to say to the fucking cameras and for the Decatur news, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but anyway, so then these federal cases, most of them, some of them come from Chicago. Some of them come from, uh, Crawford County, I think, which is over on the Indiana border. Uh, one of them, a couple of them came from way down South and they're all going before a federal judge in, uh, East St. Louis, I believe. Mm. And Illinois has five federal districts. Um, one of them is Cook County, which is Chicago is its own federal district. That's district one. Uh, then you have basically the couple counties south of Wisconsin. Um, those are, that's their own district. Uh, that's district two. Then you have like the, like where the Kurt and the boys live, like the quad cities, LaSalle, um, Peoria. That's another district. Then you go further south and you have, I think it's the Bloomington Springfield Champaign district and Quincy Bloomington Springfield Champaign. 
they have that district and then everything south of there um taylorville uh the metro east which is like the illinois side of st louis uh effingham and then all the way the fuck down to kentucky is its own district that district is the one hearing the case the consolidated consolidated federal cases is the way further south the furthest south district so well that sounds good then well but at the same time they're federally appointed judges but i think this one was a i think this one was a trump appointed judge so that helps yeah it does help but isn't that kind of fucked how we have to look at it that way though like the judges should just it just shouldn't matter who appoints a judge they should all kind of agree they should all I'm not saying they should be in agreement. They should be able to go in the back room and argue and stuff. But to have judges so drastically different and interpret words so drastically different is still kind of fucking crazy to me. Especially something that's so black and white. Like, it's so obvious, you know, right? how the the Second Amendment is written. It's pretty fucking obvious. Text and tradition, the fucking... And then we can get into the other case law in a second. But the... uh, but I, I kind of the way federal judges are appointed, I don't have a problem with the way they do that necessarily, because they get to they have to go through very strict congressional scrutiny. Yes, they do. So I have no problem with that process personally. No, I don't have that. Any, no, I no arguments there. So I don't. So, but but at the same time, uh, Trump, uh, if the an Obama or a Biden appointed judge is still going to align more with my fucking, uh, the way I think than a, uh, or opposite, the Trump appointed judge or a Bush or, you know, I mean, Obama, whatever the fuck they would Bush, but like a Republican appointed justice is still going to be a little more aligned with the constitution and my viewpoints than a fucking Obama or Biden appointed judge. Absolutely. So the fact that they made it through the congressional shit is all the better. Yep. And that's, but, that's one good thing about Trump. You know, he came in at a good time where he appointed like the most judges out of any other president in four years. So it's like, holy fuck. So, and it just so happened that the one here in this case lives in a shit, one of the shitholes of Illinois, the Metro East area. And it was a Trump guy. So mm-hmm. bless his heart. That's but, great. uh, right. So, Anyway, you fast forward to there. There's a that one is a lot more hairy. There's a lot more shit to that. Uh, the federal cases; those are mostly on the two A uh, Second Amendment uh, violations, not necessarily the anything regarding the state constitution. That's all federal, right. and that that deals mostly with Bruin and Heller. Which, if you're not uh, familiar with Bruin and Heller, I want to say it was one of them's out of New York, and I think the other one's out of Washington D.C. Don't quote me that. Don't quote me, but I think that's the case. Bruin. I think so. Bruin was the New York case. That one, well, basically, that was a U.S. Supreme Court case that basically said uh, the Second Amendment covers anything that is in common use. Oh, yeah. So yep. Any, fi- any firearm that is in common use or is not independently uh, unusual or unusually dangerous in, in its independent capacity, um, then you, you can't, uh, uh, 
ban it. It's, yeah, you can't ban. You can't in, uh, enforce uh, limitations on it. So yep, there you go. the Second Amendment has to be uh, read and enforced based on uh, text. Con- or it's either text or context and tradition, and also establishes the common use principle. So that's fucking solid because the AR-15 and what they're trying to ban is a uh, the most common sporting rifle in the United States. Yep. So it's been around for a long uh, time, and since right. nineteen, I think um, ever since the nineteen ninety four assault weapons ban um, expired, and Bush when Bush let it, just let it expire, uh, I think it almost immediately took first first place. So yeah, basically and ever since so, 1994. In my in my opinion, that's a fucking slam dunk argument. I don't think there's a, any. I don't think any any Supreme Court uh, is going to, or any federal court is going to be able to uh, overturn anything that violates Bruin because it's kind of you can't argue with it. It's the it it meets all the common use tests, mm-hmm. all the um, text and tradition. Which is exactly that, and can shall not be infringed. It's kind of simple, yeah. and so. But the Bruin decision is relatively new, so the state wants to make all these arguments that there's eight other states that have these laws. Well, they were before Bruin, so you're going to have lawsuits in that state. Get them overturned too. Yep. So, and I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure what the Heller thing was. I mean, I haven't read up on that one too much, so I'm not going to really go into that. But I know that it was a pro two a ruling as well. So. Uh, but Bruin is the big one, and there is an, there's another case that basically is going after the guns and parts, not necessarily guns and magazines, but guns yep. and parts. <laughs> They're trying to basically say that parts of firearms are <laughs> are what makes them illegal or are also illegal, and they're basically just trying to make a fool of the state by by saying, listen, you're fucking telling me that a plastic uh, buffer tube or a coil spring or whatever the fuck is going to make this a deadly weapon, you know, eat, suck my balls. Yep. So the federal judge uh, basically made the state give them an itemized list of every single item that is considered illegal. <laughs> and that was hilarious. <laughs> and so that, that's still going through the, uh, oh, going through the, but yeah, that one's in the Southern District of Illinois, the fifth appellate. So, or not the fifth appellate, the fifth, um, whatever it's called. Fuck, it's the fifth district uh, of Illinois, the federal district. So, I don't even know the case number or anything, but I do know that there's a circuit. There's a lot. There's the it's the fifth circuit, fifth or the circuit, fifth district. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I but I just thought of I don't it know. as you were moving off the subject, so I had to bring it back. My bad. Yeah, but it's uh, out of East St. Louis, I believe. Yeah, okay. But I don't know the case number or anything. I just know um, I can tell you guys where to go follow that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's just a lot of moving parts right now with the Illinois gun law. But mm-hmm. the governor keeps making an ass of himself one day, at like one after another. And I just have a feeling like pretty soon it's all going to come to a head and it's all going to come out correctly. I just hope that this Dan Calkins case doesn't fuck it up yeah. at the state level in the, in the short term, because I think it's going to win in the federal Supreme court if it gets there. Mm-hmm. And Clarence Thomas has already gone on record saying, Hey, bring me all the fucking gun cases. I want to hear them all because Jeez I'm shit. Yeah. 
he's like, bring me all the gun cases because this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And you can't really go against case law is case law and case law is the law of the fucking land. So the mm-hmm. Bruin decision helped out tremendously. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on how far the state wants to appeal it to, which they're going to take it all the way to the top because that's just how they operate. Oh, for sure. But well, why wouldn't you, you know, like we were saying earlier, why wouldn't you, if you have basically unlimited funding, why wouldn't you just take it all away? Right. And it, there's comes a certain point where you got to, the people are going to have to, I mean, there's, there's a, a silent majority, I think that know what the governor's doing and know his, his game that he's playing. And that's not even the governor. It's the whole, like the whole, uh, the attorney general, the whole gamut of people. Mm-hmm. They are they They know, they know they're fighting a losing fight, but they, they cannot concede. No. And another thing I wanted to put the, I wanted to say this earlier, but I forgot. So excuse pardon me but the um another thing about the the Calkins versus divorce cases the uh divorce has gone on record saying that he is confident that the state is willing to lose the gun case as long as they don't lose uh, how they pass the law Oh, sure. Yep. As long as they don't lose that um, loophole or that, like, the way they do things, mm-hmm. as they don't get found out, they're willing to lose the gun case and just say, oh, shit, well, we tried. We'll try again later, and, yeah. Yeah. So that's why he thinks that they ran to the Supreme Court with Calkins' case also. Like, that's another big reason. Well, so, I just sense. But, um, but, yeah. So, I mean, I really don't have a a whole lot of any more updates for you guys, but I do, um, I do have, um, a couple of, uh, resources. If anyone wants, uh, wants to know where they can follow up on this information, I'll have a, uh, list of everything from YouTube channels to uh, PDFs to anything you want to know about any of this gun shit in Illinois. Uh, Anybody can email me at pctdha at gmail.com and or and I'll just list them off real quick. Uh, There's a local news guy in Springfield. He does a radio show. His uh, YouTube channel is Bishop on Air. He's pretty good. He covers a lot of shit going on at the Illinois State Courthouse. Then Thomas DeVore's YouTube channel, where he does um, probably weekly videos, is called American Freedom Society. And you can also find any and all of the court documents at uh, DeVoreLawOffice.com, I believe. And he's got a Google Drive with all of the PDFs from every single uh, case that's gone so far. Uh, he also has a contact tab where you can email him directly or his, uh, his coworkers uh, about legal questions. Uh, and that is devorelawoffices.com. Yes. D E V O R E lawoffices.com. Then there's also 
a if you want to follow the federal cases, it, there's a YouTube channel called Freedoms Steel, S T E E L, and that is a guy named Todd Vandermeid, who's an old uh, he's a gun lobbyist, and he is very smart and very articulate, and he's kind of a redneck looking guy. He's got long white hair. He's very relatable, mm-hmm. and he uh, he puts out very 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 good YouTube. Uh, videos like daily updates and legal legal stuff and he's really good at uh deciphering and uh explaining things and then there's another there's another website called uh the center square which is where you can find uh or the center square illinois which is where you can find uh news articles and case documents as well so geez but other than that yeah, other than that, anyone can email me. And if you don't want to, if you, if anyone didn't absorb any of that, you can just email me directly. Yeah. But I, I saw a long winded there, but <laughs> no, you're good, man. You gotta, you gotta bring receipts when you come, uh, to a discussion like this where, uh, you know, it, it kind of sucks for guys in our position or people in our position where, uh, when you're battling, people that are running on emotion, they have the easy fight where all they have to do is get emotional and run off emotional triggers. Guys like us that are trying to defend certain things. We have to bring receipts for everything we, we, we say, you say one, you say a couple things wrong and people take you for, like it's the Bible, you know, kind of thing where, well, you got this fucked up. So you're, you know, whatever, but it's just the, the weird um, battle back and forth between on this specific subject too, because this all comes apart. This all comes along every so often. seems like the gun debate comes along every, honestly, fucking at least a couple of times a year where the gun debates is a constant battle because one thing that we're never going to change is, you know, bad people are going to do bad things. And no matter what they use as the tool to do those bad things. And it just so happens a lot of them use guns. And so that's, it's a constant battle where it's like, Hey, let's take away, um, you know, if certain people can't play nice with certain toys, then let's just take away all the toys kind of things. So. Yeah. But the thing, and at the end of the day, no one's opinion trumps anyone's rights. Exactly. Which is, which is what a lot of people don't understand. Yep. Yep. Just cause some asshole did something wrong and nasty and heinous in a different part of the country doesn't mean I'm ever going to do those things or 99% of the people are going to do those things. You know, I, I broke it down with Jordan when we, the last time uh, we did a episode on this subject, we broke down kind of the, the deaths the of by guns and stuff. And honestly, when you really break it down to, you know, uh, numbers, man, it's, it's so crazy how fast people are willing to just uh, look at the news and listen to other people's opinions and say, yeah, those things are terrible. We need to get rid of them. When literally 99.9% of the people that have guns don't ever do anything wrong with them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But it is really interesting. I'm glad you came on and talked about all this stuff because you have way, way more knowledge. And I'm glad you just kind of took it and ran with it and let us all know what was going on because... You know, I just, I basically just talk shit about it because I learn, I, I read what I could about it, but honestly, at the same time, it's like, I'm not in there living it. I'm living, I live in Iowa, you live in Illinois, so you're living this, you have a lot more, I, 
reason to look into it really deep. So I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it, man. Yeah, and I and I grew up in Springfield, which is the capital. I everyone in Springfield damn near works for the the state in some capacity. They're the biggest employer of anybody in Springfield. Yeah, and so they're on welfare basically. Not no, it's <laughs> no, 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 no. Every is it, it's um, it's a joke. Like people that work uh, for the government are basically on welfare. It's, yeah. So oh yeah, it's just a joke. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> and, uh, Oh, I just, yeah, I know what you mean now, but, uh, so everyone's, everyone's in tune with what's going on. Yeah. When you, when you grow up there, you don't really under, you don't really think about it in the big terms. Well, I don't live there anymore. And now it's kind of like, this is the shit that really goes on. Mm -hmm. So I was always, I was always familiar with the politics and politicians themselves and all that shit. And then when you grow up and move away, it's like, this is the shit that really goes down. It was in my own fucking backyard the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And what really sucks about, um, stuff like this is the majority of the people that are like, I guess me and you, especially that I want you to say that a lot of, a lot of gun owners, a lot of guys are, you know, we'll just say conservative, conservative people, conservative Americans. A lot of them aren't super wrapped up in politics because they're too busy living their own lives and they just want to be left alone and that's great. And I want that too, for everybody just be left alone, left to your own devices. And as long as you're not hurting anyone else or doing anything wrong, then you should be allowed to do that. But that's not how the, I guess, progressive anti gunners work. They're, const- right. they're and- constantly on the attack, constantly on the and- attack. So we need oh, to yeah. be, we need to be a little bit more, um, I guess, we need to know what's going on. We need to stay up to date on this stuff. We need to have these discussions and we need to, I guess just be a little more educated on the, on these things and how this stuff goes down and how these fucking laws get passed in the first place. Right. And you need to be very, you need to at least keep one open ear to your local, local and state politics, because a lot of people just, a lot of people just don't have a fucking clue. Absolutely. And I, I w- if I didn't have the job I have, I wouldn't be as in tune with politics as I am. Yep. Because I have to deal with a lot of legal stuff. Yeah. And not not even not just my day to day job, just like the operations and the procedures and all that shit is just it it all. And even like as a union rep, it's it's all goes back to you know. Um, legal precedents. Mm-hmm. So you have to at least know what your local politicians and what your local uh, state people are up to. And if don't be afraid to email them, don't be afraid to do witness slips. Don't be afraid to fucking get a hold of them. 90% of the time, they're not going to answer the phone, but they'll email you back. Yep. So you just got to know who you're talking to and basically have, have an idea of what's, what's going on in your state government, and your local government. And go on your county board website. Read what the fuck is on the agenda at the county board. Go on your city council website. A lot of people live stream that shit. Mm-hmm. You can have it on in the background while you're cooking dinner. Yep. Yeah, you really got so, it. Especially when it comes to state and local um, politics, honestly. Because, like, we are talking about off-air a little bit. Um, it's like, I'm a little bit insulated because I live in the state of Iowa. I'm, a little, I'm, even, a little, I'm even more insulated because I live in 
Mitchell County, Iowa, which is a 2A sanctuary county in the state of Iowa, which the state of Iowa, we just passed uh, this last um, voting cycle. We just passed uh, an, an amendment to the state constitution saying that any gun laws, any f- um, new gun laws, need to, they need to pass strict scrutiny. So we actually enhanced our pro two a stance in the state of Iowa and made it part of our, our state constitution. So it makes it even harder yeah. for the anti-gun lobbies to, I guess, set up shop in Iowa and pass fucking stupid, ridiculous gun bills. Yeah. I just wish that more people, I hate, I hate ignorance. I mean, everyone should. And I'm, if I'm ignorant about something, I'll be the first to admit it. I don't, I don't want to argue with ignorant people. I do it on a daily basis for my fucking job, oh, but, but I don't, I don't like people that have an opinion that don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. So if you're going to have an opinion, have a clue. Yep. And that's why I can, I, um, uh, I want everyone to be as informed as possible. And if you're going to vote and if you're going to do anything that you have the right to do in this country, you need to know what you're talking about and you need to know when you're you need to be able to recognize when your rights are being violated too that's the biggest part Mm -hmm. yeah yeah honestly a big i know people this is such a fucking wore out um analogy but when you're talking about like sheep you know they don't have a clue of what's going on around them they don't even know when they're getting marched in to get slaughtered so it's one of those things like i hate using that because it's so over fucking played but it is in that aspect it is one of those things where you you do have to keep at least one eye open and know at least roughly understand what's going on. And that's why back in the day when America was first founded, um, only certain people got to vote. Like voting wasn't an unalienable right in the beginning. You know, I think you had to be a landowner in order to vote, you know, when this country was first founded. And that was because if you didn't own land, if you didn't, if you weren't that well, if you weren't well off enough to own land, then you didn't get to vote because you don't know what the fuck's going on. So you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have a say in what goes on in the country. If you don't understand what the fuck is going on. Do I think that's right of the founders to, I guess, do that? No, I don't think it was right. But at the time it made sense probably because they were looking around and all these people that, you know, uh, I guess it made, it made sense at the time. I'm sure. But yeah, it's one of those things where you need to know what the fuck you're voting for and don't just vote party straight party ticket and everything else. You need to understand the what's going on. And like you're saying, the state and local uh, politics are the most important because you can really insulate yourself um, better as long as if you're living in a better state, which is unfortunate to say, but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that way. But it is so. For um, uh, shady politicians to get shit past people when there's not as many eyeballs on them like it is the president and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So and that's wow. the thing, man. Illinois, Illinois, Illinois politics seems like it's really, it, it seems like they're just, they're like, uh, I don't know, organized crime syndicate. Yeah, they just, they just churn out corruption like nobody's fucking business. They're actually having a fucking bunch of hearings right now about um, our old House Speaker, Mike Madigan, and his cronies and how they had Illinois by the balls for fucking decades and oh, all the corruption shit. that happened. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's all it's right. It's on. It's happening as we speak. These that's, court hearings. That's crazy. I mean, it, it's been it's common knowledge how corrupt um, Chicago has been. It's always been a corrupt ass fucking city. Even all the way back well, to Al, what, Al Capone was Chicago, right? Yeah, one. That's one of the spots he was one at. But yeah, he. That's that's all the. It's always been that way. Chicago is its own fucking animal. Yeah. I think Al Capone went from New York to Chicago. That sounds right. When 80% of the state's population lives in five counties and they're all in Chicago and what they call the collar counties, then you really can't do shit. The rest of the state can be red and you ain't going to fucking make a difference. No, no, you're not. What what did you say the demographics was again? Nine million? Like the state uh, population was... I think it's just a smidge under 13 million and like 9 million or close to live in five, six counties. Yeah. See, unfortunately that's the thing is like, how do you change the city mentality on that? You, you, that's fucking hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can't, you get, it's got to start from the bottom up. And yep. I know a lot of people that are, that fade to the right that are from Chicago, but you cannot just, you can't beat the machine. That's what they call it. It's the fucking machine. Yep. Absolutely is. That's the thing. That, I think that's and, one thing that saved Iowa is the fact that we don't have a Chicago like Des Moines. Okay. But that's not Des Moines. Not even that bad. I, I, I fucking say it every year. I was like, you look at, um, you look at, uh, Iowa, you look at, the Dakotas, whatever they're doing just fine. There's no fucking reason we can't. And there's always every couple of years, there's a new, um, there's a new thing on the ballot to like, I can't tell you how many times I've voted um, to, to secede from Chicago. Like that's oh, yeah. actually on, that's on our ballots every couple of years to make mm-hmm. a 51st state, the constitution to split off Cook County from Illinois and make, own state like no bull you vote on that yeah and it never fu- yeah you, you honestly illinois would probably have a better better chance of doing some shit like that if they followed what uh oregon's doing because i think the eastern basically half of oregon uh there have you heard about this no but it's no. there is a, i did read up on the the ways to make it happen and yeah there's a there's a website that I've I've been looking into called newillinois.org I believe it's they're trying to make Southern Illinois into a new state called New Illinois and they have all the legal so if anyone wants to look at that but, but no like, honestly but Oregon they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to branch off and just join Idaho and Idaho okay. Idaho's agreed to it like they're all I, I I guess they're in talks with Idaho. Like they're all talking right now, and I guess it's actually getting pretty close, like getting pretty far, where they're actually all talking about. And they have the the lines drawn, and everything else. Like, yeah, this would be, you know, the add on to Idaho, and the rest of it would just stay Oregon, and that's basically the western half or western part of Oregon, which is basically Portland. Well, I would I would like to think that uh, um, Missouri or I know Kentucky probably don't want us, but yeah. I would think that maybe Missouri or Southern Indiana would fucking help, help us out. But I'd think so. I'd think I so. don't know. St. Louis is pretty liberal too, so that's true. It might not even be much better. Oh. 
Well, maybe anyway, you could change so, that yeah. though. Maybe you could change the demographics of that. Not that Missouri can really get much redder, but well, outside of St. Louis, like you really, St. Louis is or Missouri's pretty red. Missouri's, St. Louis just Missouri. St. Louis is almost. But I'll tell you, I'd rather drive in St. Louis any day than drive in Chicago. Oh fuck yeah, dude! Yeah, it's honestly whenever you get big cities, they're gonna be blue. They're just going to be like in Iowa. Yeah. Des Moines, um, Cedar Rapids, all them play all all the big the bigger cities, they're all going to be fucking Democrat leaning, if not straight up just straight up blue. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And when you get in the the rural areas, they're all going to be red. Like you look at the demographics of the whole country, uh, broken up into um, political like left and right or Republican Democrat. The majority of the country is red, but then you have all these really deep deep, dark blue spots that hold a fuck ton of people. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but yeah, man, right. hey, buddy. Hey, I know you got to get going, man. So I, I do want to say, give you one more chance just to plug anything else. I wanted you to say that nonprofit one more time too, if you don't mind before you leave. Um, all righty. I got to sign on to work in three minutes. So, Oh shit. Let me, just I'll go get back this and out. listen to it. Uh, I, uh, the nonprofit is Peacemaker Project 703, um, or 703. I do not know the website off the top of my head, but if you type it into Google, it comes. it's the first thing that comes up. The officer that got killed, I used to work with his brother. Okay. And at our, at our local law enforcement banquet, the wife was, our, was one of our guests of honor. So <laughs> I know that family. I actually just saw the brother at the store the other day. Um, then... If anyone's going to be at the Illinois Deer Classic in Peoria at the end of the month, uh, me and my cousin have a booth. Uh, he started a new company, and we we got we'll be there Saturday and Sunday. It's a Good Sit Mobile is his company. He just started, and I'll be there with him working it. Um, if you want to check out any of our YouTube shit, we'll be on Good Sit Productions on YouTube, Instagram, PCTDHA, Facebook, the same. Uh, that's also my email at gmail, pctdha at gmail.com. Anyone needs to get a hold of me. Uh, otherwise, I guess everyone just stay safe out there. Thank your local cop and uh, freedom the fuck on. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on and letting us all in on what's going on over there, man. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, always happy to do uh, podcasts and interviews. I've done plenty of them, and my wife's probably annoyed as fuck that she's in the bedroom <laughs> with the baby here but yeah she's good she'll get over it (laughs) all right man i appreciate it thanks everyone for listening see you next time Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.